1: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience. Week 13, DraftKings, well, not necessarily DraftKings, but weekly standard fantasy football rankings. We're live on the DraftKings YouTube channel, as we are every Tuesday at 2.15 p.m. Eastern Time, and up on the Pat Mayo Experience Twitter page, and that's at the PME, and on the Facebook page at the PME. And I want to let you know if you want to get into a draw for 20. DK dollars, what you do, you see, is smash the like button for the episode, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, and tell me where you would rank Jonathan Williams in the Week 13 running back rankings at PPR. That easy. But if you want to get into a draw for 60, 60 DK dollars, what you do is subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, download the episodes, leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, something you like about the show, and boom! You're in that draw for 60 DK box. Winners announced on Monday's live show, 1 p.m. Eastern time on the aforementioned DraftKings YouTube channel with Sal Vetri. That's basically what you can do. If you hit the description of the podcast or video, you can find the link to the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. $15 to play, three max entry, $45,000 of guaranteed money. Because, friends, there is no rake. If you're looking for the rankings and the updates to all the rankings, you can go to dkplaybook.com, find them all up there, or save yourself some time and just hit the comment section or description of this video or pod, and you'll find all the links in there. It's Thanksgiving week, so I know that people are antsy to set their lineup so they can completely forget about it and, like, get blackouts so they don't have to talk to their family. But, hey, from The Athletic on the line, Jake Seely at All Kidd Kid is here. What do you do on Thanksgiving?
2: Uh, I spend it with the family. Luckily enough, my parents and my sister are close by. So I, I have the parents, and then we go to my sister's for dessert because my sister's family, they kind of just do things whenever
1: the hell they feel like it. Ah, so like we, like, what time do you go to watch football there for the early game? Or do you like watch the first bit at your house somewhere else then go? How does that work?
2: That's pretty much so I break it out to hopefully land at my parents around halftime. So halftime of the first game. So somewhere around 2.15 ish, maybe two o'clock ish. Oh, wait, is it one thirty? It kicks off at noon, right?
1: It's 12.30 this year, I think.
2: Twelve thirty. It's a, I always get confused. So twelve thirty means I yeah, we should probably shoot for about two o'clock.
1: Yeah, see the one great thing about being Canadian on American Thanksgiving, we've already had our Thanksgiving. Had to do a waiver wire live show that day, so didn't really get to celebrate it. But I really do relish American Thanksgiving because I get the day off as well. I'm going to be releasing content as always, folks. And the content schedule is a bit wonky this week. You'll get your Thanksgiving stuff before Thanksgiving. Anything pertaining to Sunday outside of this show, picks, the spread picks, and DraftKings picks show will come out on Thursday and Friday this week, so you have something fresh to listen to while you're doing your commutes and everything. And all that but we just get to kind of hang out all day and watch football it's awesome
2: <laughs> it must be nice so look you know I, I still love the Thanksgiving side of it because well, I, I understand a lot of families aren't like mine see that's the good thing is my family especially my parents are understanding with what my job entails if stuff happens on Sundays throughout the football season they work around my schedule my birthday is this upcoming weekend they work around my schedule so they, they have a very understanding and I'm, I'm a lucky I'm probably in like the one percent
1: Ah, oh, 1% Jake. Huh, Bernie Sanders is coming for you, pal. <laughs> Waiver wire pickups for the week. There was nothing really that jumped off the page to me that was different than last week. Jonathan Williams, if he's still out there, I was dead wrong about him. You have to kind of go get him at this point, Bo Scarborough. Devontae Parker's still available in like less than 60% of the league, so go add him. But other than that, maybe Jack Doyle now that Eric Ebron's out for the year.
2: Jack Doyle for tight end needy people. And Benny Snell, look, I, I'm not a big fan of Benny Snell. I've said before, even during the draft process, that he's Jordan Howard light. Like, he's not even as, quite as good as Jordan Howard. And that's why I'm not that excited of him because you can find those running backs. So for, for the team, running back doesn't matter. Benny Snell, Jordan Howard, those are the ones that that's their arguments because you can find anybody who does what Jordan Howard does. You can find anybody that does what Benny Snell does. Runs between the tackles when he finds the spaces that are already given to him. Doesn't do a lot on his own. Not going to do a lot in the passing game. But all that being said, it already sounds like James Conner's out for this week. Jalen Samuels, that's been done. And if he's going to do anything, it's only in the passing game. Dropped to the 20s in the snaps. So I think that Betty Snell behind that offensive line, I think he's in the kind of the Bo Scarborough conversation.
1: The only thing is, it doesn't seem like Bo Scarborough is going to be written out just because Detroit seems very content, whether they're winning, whether they're losing, to turn around and hand the ball off to Bo Scarborough. The Steelers are actually underdogs at home against the Browns. And if the Browns jump out to like a 10 nothing lead, I can just see a lot of Jalen Samuels and not so much of Benny Snell. Where it's the reverse situation, where if Pittsburgh jumps out even 7 nothing, it could be Benny Snell all day. I think that's the only downside that you have with Benny Snell in this matchup.
2: I don't know. That game, like they weren't dominating and they did win that game, but I don't know that Jalen Samuels wasn't even to be seen early in that game. And I don't know if like, maybe that's to your point, like if that's even game flow or even game script and it's, and they're not losing I, I just don't know that, that precipitous drop in snaps for Samuels makes me think that Samuels could be even relegated further, even if they are behind. Like, I don't think he's getting back to the 13 receptions is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I don't think you're going to see that either, unless they get down like twenty-eight, <laughs> nothing. Basically, even if Cle- then, if Cleveland puts up the for the first half that they just put up against Miami against Pittsburgh, which they won't, uh, then you might see a whole bunch of targets for Jalen Samuels into the double digits.
2: I don't even I don't even know if then last week concerns me, but the point beam. Being- he would go pick up Benny Snell. I don't think he's that far behind Bo, Bo Scarborough.
1: The only difference is, if I was thinking about it long term, that I think this is going to be Scarborough's job because Carry On's not coming back. That they're just going to ride him. That if Connor comes back, then all of a sudden Connor's the guy with the job, and then Benny Snell's not doing
2: anything. Of, of course, but is Connor coming back? That's I, I, I don't know.
1: But put it this way: Carry On is not coming back. Connor <laughs> might come back.
2: Fair. Again, I'm not saying I would take him over Bo Scarbo. You, you, let's go back to the question. The question was: Is there anybody else? So I'm giving you the somebody else.
1: Uh, I actually think I would go pick up uh, Daryl Williams before Benny Snell in this circumstance. I actually wouldn't. I I, would.
2: like, I understand. Like so, if you're shooting, well, okay, I'll put it this way: If you already have three running backs, if you need somebody to play, I'm playing. I'm picking up Benny Snell. If I'm just shooting for the home run, it's Daryl Williams. But the problem is. McCoy isn't in the concussion protocol we don't know what's going Damien. we would assume Damien's out this is still a backfield that I don't trust in any given week what if he decides this week he wants to get Darwin Thompson in the mix I'm not saying he should over Daryl Williams but I just don't trust this backfield despite everything you just said I still don't lean that much into Jalen Samuels after what happened last week if I need somebody to start it's Betty Snell. if I don't if it's just somebody on my bench and I'm pure upside then yeah I agree with you
1: yeah, okay. I think that's a great way to clarify it. I too would start Benny Snell over Daryl Williams this week, but I think I'd rather have Daryl Williams on my team if I didn't need a plug and play for Week 13.
2: Yeah. Now, if we get look, if we get to and unfortunately waivers will have run, but if we get to Thursday or Friday, Damien's officially out for weeks, and Lashawn McCoy. Like that, actually, that's all I really need because Lashawn McCoy has been rested for the playoffs already. Uh, if Damien's out out for a significant amount of time, then I would just 100% go after Daryl.
1: Okay. Uh, did, you, did you rank the playoff defenses in your column at theathletic.com? So let's hear some good defenses I can go pick up.
2: <laughs> well, I didn't do it. Well, so I did all of them. I Last week was the ones I ranked by picking them up if they weren't, you know, if they were 60% or less. So and a, now give, this week...
1: G- give me a few. Give me a few that are out there that I can go pick up. Like I was looking, I kind of just did so, some preliminary... Uh, Just early rankings were 14, 15, and 16. It doesn't seem like the Steelers are below the threshold anymore, so that's kind of a bummer. But – Philly. Yeah, Philly. Even Philly this week is really good.
2: Philly's got – yeah, so Miami. And then to finish things out, they get the Giants, Redskins, and the Cowboys. I mean, you don't get much better than that for opportunity. The Saints got dropped by some people, and they have the 49ers, Colts, and Titans to finish things out. Not great, but it's still the – it's one of – the better defenses for opportunities, not the best matchups. Basically, the six I have, the five are own. It's the Patriots, Steelers, Ravens, Eagles, Saints, and 49ers. The top streamers, the Cowboys got dropped by a lot. They got Chicago, Rams, Philly to finish things out. The Packers have the Redskins, Chicago, and Minnesota to finish things out. Kansas City, you bring up all the time. Actually, Kansas City's been playing better defense well, that, overall well, that, in general. That, that,
1: that's the one that I kind of wanted to hit on because I kind of like them this week against Oakland. I don't know. Who do they play next week? Patriots?
2: The Patriots. So,
1: I mean, you could probably even play them against the Patriots, but week 15, they have Denver at home, and then they have at Chicago week 16. It's pretty good.
2: That is pretty good. The sneaky one that I think is – so, well, there's two. Is The the Seahawks are kind of sneaky, especially because you get Jared Goff and the Rams. You get Carolina with Cal Allen. You get Arizona to finish things off. That could kind of go either way. The one right in front of them, Eagles, Dolphins, Redskins to finish out the season. Giants defense – Might not be terrible there. Look, if you're looking for flyers, they're in that
1: conversation. Uh, The Giants do possess a top 10 pass rush in the NFL. Even last week against like I played them a bunch on DraftKings against Trubisky and they were fine. Double digit points all worked out.
2: Yeah, I think the other one and I called them the Eagles sibling because of the similarities between the two. But the Bucs, they get the Colts, Lions, and Texans. And you talk about rush. I mean, you can force to receive Deshaun. That's one of those defenses that could go any. I mean, you could end up with negative points or you could end up with double digit. But that's one that if you look at that schedule, you have some opportunities there.
1: All right, let's jump into the Week 13 rankings. Once again, smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. Tell me where you would rank Jonathan Williams in the Week 13 PPR running back rankings. Don't be afraid just to smash the like button anyway. And if you want to get into a draw for 60 DK bucks, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience Atio podcast, download them episodes. Leave a five star review. DraftKings handle something you like about the show, and boom, you're going to be in that draw. I drew three winners last week for the fifty dollar draw. I might do three again this week, Jake, for the sixty dollar draw. Doesn't that sound great? <laughs> it does, except I'm not in the drawing. <laughs> you could get in the draw if you went and reviewed the show. Oh, I've reviewed the show a thousand times already. <laughs> yeah, say, <laughs> I I've, times I've reviewed it. even if you reviewed the show last week, you can just go review it again and get back into the draw. Hey, I reviewed like all three of your shows, so we're good. Well, oh, a, thank pre- you. It's a quid pro quo here between us and like a, a good one.
2: Yeah, it definitely is. I, I, I always click as many times. I know iTunes only accepts it once, but I always click five stars every time I pull up your podcast. Click
1: Smart. That is the way that everyone should be thinking about this. So in the rankings, I have Chase Edmonds as in currently. Uh, Likely out, I have Jordan Howard, Matt Breda. They're both iffy. Chris Thompson, he's also iffy. Damian Williams, Devonta Freeman, James Conner, and Marlon Mack. So the rankings are adjusted to those guys not playing this week. And if it turns out that they are going to play, I will update the rankings. Shockingly enough, you don't need to set your rankings on a Tuesday afternoon mind blown with all of this stuff
2: but you saw my tweet earlier my I, PSA I, about that
1: I, I actually didn't is, is that what it said
2: uh it's just PSA you don't have to set your lineup it's not even midday Tuesday and the waivers haven't even run out let's chill out I know playoffs are on the line but like relax people
1: uh so I have Christian McCaffrey no shocker at number one Delvin Cook at number two Kamara and Elliot. Those are the four I really, really, really like this week. And then it kind of gets into a mixed bag. Uh Chubb, bad matchup, but he still Chubb. He gets all the work. Um Le'Veon Bell, Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Saquon, Melvin Gordon. How terrified are you that Saquon Barkley sucks?
2: Uh, not at all. It's mostly about the Giants offensive line. And it's about the fact that I still don't think he's 100% coming back from that injury, which he rushed back from. Because look, he's young. He's freaking nature to come back. Like whether or not he's 100% to come back, period, that quick freaking nature I mean we're talking like Adrian Peterson that year that he came off his busted leg and ran for 2,000 yards type of situation but it's not about Barkley it's about the offensive line is still having issues it's one of the worst when you talk about yards before contact and all that type of stuff and then this offense just hasn't really got a sink it's similar to the Eagles like despite arguably having more healthy and better weapons in the passing game it's just there's somebody new every single week there's somebody else getting hurt Ingram's been out somebody on the offensive line like there just hasn't been a flow for this team in general. The only good thing about them, as you mentioned, is kind of like their defense. So, but I brought up this question on on, on the throwback to Chris Meany and Brad Ziegler is we so were talking about Barkley. I said, at what point do we stop ranking ranking Barkley inside of the top
1: ten? It's tough because you look at his snap share; it's above ninety five percent in running back like I talked about those four guys are all in great spots. They get all the work. Well, I mean, Kamara splits work, but he's still going to end up with like eight catches. So if he scores a touchdown, he could be the highest scoring guy of the week. So I'm not too concerned about him, uh, especially against Atlanta. But when you have that, like five through like 15 type, like it's stuff like Barkley basically dropped a tight Like his drop last week was so horrendous. He was wide open. No one was around him, like 13 yards down the field. Like he could have caught it and ran for a touchdown and he just, dropped it so I I wish they would use him more in the receiving game but they don't but I just find it hard again like I always talk about that if all these players were on my team how would I play them that I have Barkley I made the critical error in the one league that I care about with the first overall pick picking Barkley over McCaffrey and it's really costing me but I have him (laughs) on my team like if you drafted Saquon Barkley and he's on your team like are you really going to sit him no you're not
2: No, and I bring that question up more for anything than, you know, more like DraftKings and stuff like that. But just the conversation of, are we ranking him there because of opportunity? Because if you look at this season, what he finished last week was like RB 29 or something like that. He hasn't been top 10, let alone top five in a hell of a long time. And you mentioned that, and maybe he's in his own head at this point because of how wrong things have gone for him and this team this season. There's a lot of things wrong with this team, and he's not the only player that's ever dropped an easy pass like that. We've seen it from elite running backs from the top to no names. But I think it's just a conversation worth having. Yeah, I don't see a situation where you sit Barkley. Although I got to tell you, you know, if we're talking about the Melvin Gordon's and Leonard Fournette's of the world and you somehow was like traded for one because you were able to wait, like Melvin Gordon is a good one. I mean, somebody might have Kamara, Gordon, and – Barkley, or something like that, or Jerry Chubb is probably a better one because you got to got him in the second round. There could be somebody out there that's only starting two running backs and could sit Barkley. I, it's the rare situation. I was just bringing it up more for the conversation of as of right now, I'd rank them down behind Gordon and Fournette. I'd put them behind both of them.
1: The one problem I have with Melvin Gordon and Fournette uh, this week, well, one is, I mean, you can run on Denver, but it just seems to be that offense is so at that you're just relying on touchdowns from him. And listen, Leonard Fournette kind of... Regressed- is that the
2: same for Barkley?
1: I mean, hopefully not. I have a bit more faith that if one guy is going to like break a really long run for a touchdown, it's going to be Barkley. I just... Gordon has looked better, but he loses almost all of, you know, he's losing a ton of snaps to Austin Eckler. And if they decide it's going to be a passing Austin Eckler game because they can't block the pass rush on Denver, then it's just going to be a whole lot of Eckler all the time. And then you're praying for like, 15 carries 60 yards and two touchdowns is the upside game at least with Barkley he's going to get all of the work whether it's good work or bad work hey listen if I knew that I wouldn't be doing this I'd be living in Vegas being a millionaire but I'd rather put my faith behind Barkley I have them separated by a spot so it's not that big of a difference but if had to choose between the two it would be Barkley
2: yeah I just to go back to what you're saying earlier though it's the, it's the use in the passing game and a lot of it probably goes down to Daniel Jones. It's what Daniel Jones is is if you look at his career, you know we talk about it, the short to intermediate game, but the short to intermediate game basically to his receivers he doesn't look to his running back a lot and uh, I gotta tell you that that's even something to think about long term. he's only a rookie and you would assume things get better. But at the same time, we've talked about it before about quarterbacks that don't throw to the running back. What was the big argument about Cam Newton for the longest time? People were concerned about Christian McCaffrey last year because of him, and he finally changed. Well, Cam Newton's been in the league for how long? Uh, If Daniel Jones hampers him going forward, that might be like – as of today, I saw somebody put out their way too early 2020 first-round mock draft, and they had Barkley at number three or four. And I was like, "I, I don't know if I'd even go that far at this point
1: hmm that's interesting he's probably still gonna be a top five guy depending on i'm trying to think right now if i was to really into next year i i haven't really thought about it McCaffrey, cook camara cook elliot then i think it's up for grabs number five
2: you're not putting michael thomas in there
1: oh i thought you meant at running back only
2: no just overall
1: no 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 yeah yeah. i would i would probably go thomas hopkins i don't know about julio but he'd be like right on the precipice of that
2: What if Antonio Brown comes back and plays for the Patriots? Or or
1: the Steelers. Just have him and Ben get the gang back together. They can trade for Bell. and get Antonio Brown back. All will be solved. I think we're kind of nitpicky here over, like, a top-ten guy. You're probably playing Berkeley if you have him. Uh, After that, at number 11, I have Fournette. And then I have Chris Carson at number 12. Like, what do we do? Like, it's Carson – Aaron Jones Gurley Jonathan Williams that's where I have him ranked number 15 Uh, fantasy pros has ranked that awful Mark Ingram at number 16 Eckler Singletary (laughs) Miles Sanders and Tevin Coleman so two things here one what do we do with Chris Carson I would just expect him to get his job back and if he fumbles again he'll probably get benched and that sucks and you're stuck with not a lot of points in your lineup But if he doesn't fumble he should be pretty legit in this matchup and also Devonta Freeman practiced today so it looks like so he practiced Julio and Hooper did not practice so it's looking like He's trending towards playing now.
2: Uh, it's also we got to watch though because it's Thursday. That's the good thing is we'll at least find out before you have to make a decision for the weekend with the majority of the games. It's the Thursday night football game on Thanksgiving. If the Freeman's Freeman is out there, obviously that changes everything. Although I don't feel that confident with Anthony Freeman before, we talked about it, you. I think you were the one that was the first person to say he's essentially James White this year. So for that situation, I guess you roll him out there depending on what your other options are. It's not a great matchup for running wise. You can do some passing work against the Saints. To go back to the Chris Carson one, and this is something else we talked about on our podcast, there's been better running backs than Chris Carson who've had fumbling problems. Look, Adrian Peterson's best seasons, people talk about him having a fumbling problem. I bring that up not to say Chris Carson's Adrian Peterson, especially when it comes to the best seasons, but we go back to the offseason and something, You know, I'm not saying, look at me, I talked to Pete Carroll because I was just at the podium with a million other people, but I asked him about Penny and I asked him about Carson. He said, they both have roles. I like both their talents. And Pete Carroll is right. They both have roles. Well, Chris Carson's role is the lead option. If he fumbles two more times in this game, maybe. But I don't see Chris Carson all just be benched into another game. He was benched in that game. I think they made their point. I'm not that concerned about Chris Carson.
1: If Jordan Howard sits again, okay, if Jordan Howard plays, you play Jordan Howard. I think it's probably that easy in this matchup. But if he sits again, and Miles Sanders got over 80% of the snaps, maybe Ajayi gets more integrated this week in a game where they can probably run more than they can pass. But I still think that Miles Sanders would finally actually be a top 20 option in this matchup. I don't love it, but just based on opportunity, it seems like a good fit.
2: Yeah, I don't know if he's top 20 even in, because it's a full week. Nobody's on a bye I know it's against the Dolphins, but I just think Ajayi still continues to get mixed in more because he's Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson continues to do this. Doug Peterson doesn't give anybody 60% or more and when he does. It's very rare. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen with Miles Sanders, and I think they tried the experiment with Miles Sanders two weeks ago and saw that, you know what, he's really good in the passing game, he's questionable in the run game, and with Ajayi getting more worked in last week, I, I would think Jordan Howard, yes. If Jordan Howard's out, I'm not, I don't think Miles Sanders quite makes the cut just because everybody's playing this week.
1: JGI revenge game. Maybe they'll get him a (laughs) touchdown.
2: Hey, Jarvis Landry was the revenge game. Huge last week.
1: Yeah. We should all just drafted Jarvis Landry. We everyone talked themselves out of him this year and this was the year to actually get him. Oh, it
2: was and 100% and the concern was well, look, the concern was valid. It just didn't happen the way that what the concern was. The concern was that Jarvis Landry is very predictable on a per target basis. The biggest concern was that the targets were going to go down, but they haven't because Baker Mayfield likes him more. Well, the opportunity is more for him than Odell Beckham this year.
1: So Eckler, Singletary, Sanders. Then I go Devin Goldman, LaShawn McCoy, Philip Lindsay, both Scarborough, Kenyon Drake, Daryl Williams, Kareem Hunt. I guess I'll bump down Daryl Williams now that you've talked me out of him. Put him behind <laughs> <Benny> <laughs> Well,
2: this is before Damian Williams news comes out.
1: Well, I assume he's out. Uh, Kareem Hunt, number 26. Mixon, Tariq Cohen, Jamal Williams, Duke Johnson. Then I have Benny Snell and Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, like all in that kind of range. And I'll drop uh, Daryl Williams behind them in like the Latavius, Marie, Sony Michelle range. Ronald Jones is down there.
2: <sighs> Wait, you're not excited for Joe Mixon with Andy Dalton back at quarterback?
1: Little bit, but uh, <laughs> if there's one thing you don't, like you can pick apart the Jets, no problem, but you don't really want to run against them.
2: Yeah, which is surprising. They're kind of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
1: Yeah. Or the Titans, for that
2: matter. The Titans, yeah, I was going to say that's better because they got a slightly lesser run defense and a slightly better pass defense than the Buccaneers do.
1: Yeah, there's a couple teams like that that just kind of limit running back opportunities. I know Fournette had a big game against the Titans, but a lot of that was like garbage time production. You don't expect the Titans to be up by 40 points every week?
2: No, you don't. Oh, You know what? The one here that I'm looking at that is the biggest question, you Touched on it, but you kind of like quickly with the Edmonds situation. Kenyon Drake, oh, that's gonna wow. That's gonna be so tough to trust, but yeah, I think that we have to assume he's still the lead, even with Edmonds coming back.
1: I I mean, now that you mentioned Mixon with Dalton back, I'll move him back below Mixon. So I'll go Scarborough, Hunt, Mixon, Drake. But like, if Kenyon Drake had zero points, I wouldn't be stunned. But if you had to yeah. if I had to wager on one of those three guys, with all three being healthy at this point in time, that's going to get the most touches in the Arizona backfield, it would probably be Kenyon Drake.
2: I think I think everybody would assume the same, but as you mentioned, it wouldn't surprise us if it doesn't go any different which way. And as much as I continue to believe, and look, I said if you have to. I don't want to because this could blow up in our faces if you do it. If you have to drop David Johnson because you need help elsewhere, I understand it, and a lot of these people are in 10-team leagues and stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised if David Johnson sees work the rest of the way, but if he all of a sudden comes out of the bye, he's near 100%, and all of a sudden Drake and Chase Evans become irrelevant, at least for fantasy terms, I think they still get touches. It's just this, this backfield that, unfortunately, I don't know that we have the answer unless we get a report on Friday until we see the gameplay.
1: If Devonta Freeman plays, where do you think you would insert him into these rankings?
2: Uh, probably around James White. That's, I think your call on that was the right way to look at him.
1: So, like, in the Jalen Rashard, Jalen Samuels range?
2: I like him better than both. I think that he uh, might get a good. goal
1: line. Do you think that Quadre Olsen ends up becoming, like, their goal back, even if Freeman is still there? Because, like, Edo Smith kind of had that job earlier in the season.
2: No, I, I actually really do. Even if Devontae Freeman's out, I think that's now – is he had three carries inside the five and two more in the red zone. They're clearly using – like, half his touches were, I think, inside the 21. I think one of them just fell right outside the, the red zone.
1: Would you play Devontae Freeman or Darius Geis?
2: Mmm. I love Geis.
1: I put Freeman wise. I would and put Freeman ke- ahead of him.
2: I I for safety, if I'm shooting for ceiling, I'm gonna go for Geis. Especially because the Carolina Panthers was already one of the worst run defenses, and then they just lost a huge piece this last week on top of it. So uh, if I'm going if I'm going ceiling, I'm going Geis. If I'm going just who's the better play, it's Freeman.
1: All right. So I'll put I'll put Geis. Ahead of Bala, I'll go. I'll go Ajayi. Sorry, Geis Ajayi, Balaj, Mustard, Devonta Freeman. Mustard, Mustard, Mustard. Yeah, he's just Colonel Mustard. He does it with a <laughs> wrench.
2: <laughs> Colonel Mustard, and what room?
1: Oh, the conservatory, I think, because that's what you the want conserv- from a 49ers defense if Colonel Mustard is going to do well. A very conservative <laughs> offense that just runs the ball over and over.
2: Yeah. Uh, so assuming Breida's in, uh, I know Moss Dart would be a must bench, but uh, where would you put Breida?
1: I'd probably put Breida in that like mixing range.
2: That's fair. You got to move him higher if he misses practice all week and then he's active.
1: Yeah. Then he's number one in the rankings. <laughs>
2: <laughs> then you start him in front of Saquon Barkley.
1: Of course. Yeah. But I'd probably bump down Coleman a little bit. Although Coleman doesn't seem to be overly affected by whether Breda is in or out or whether Mastart is in or out. Like, it seems like he gets a bit more work if Breda's out, but he's still, he's still going to have the plurality of touches in the Niners' backfield. More will go to Breda than go to Mastart, but he's still going to have his role. He's still, like, the lead. He's the 1A guy.
2: <laughs> can, can, I want to – I'm sorry. Just, I just – I kind of want to get to your quarterbacks. I can't wait. <laughs> okay. Because uh, <well, laughs> I already got a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: oh, oh boy! Because I
2: retweeted the show, and they're they're coming after me because they're your rankings.
1: No, <laughs> oh. uh, people aren't good at ranking quarterbacks, and they don't understand what quarterbacks have value. I assume it's someone who's like really triggered because I ranked the quarterback on their favorite team. Willie, wo- whoa! Because he probably sucks. Who is it? What? Well, Let's oh no!
2: Uh, you want no question? So it's just because I t- retweeted your show link and I said live. And that's all I said. But your graphic is of the top. 10 quarterbacks
0: no Watson
1: <laughs> I mean we can get to Watson but like you want to play Watson against the Patriots
2: uh not with the way that, that things have looked for Watson when he's been struggling this year and if you look at where the struggles come from I, I find it this goes back so I'll, I'll bring one up to you Pat and kind of turn it back around and I kind of feel like you might have a different answer than I did because you have Watson where you do so I had somebody asked me before the Packers 49ers game we said I have Rodgers and Garoppolo. Who are you starting? And I said, I didn't draft Rodgers to bench him. And I said, this could go wrong. Rodgers has looked shaky at times. But, you know, the 49ers outside of the two games against Car- uh, the Cardinals have been very run heavy. I'd still go Rodgers. I just don't want to see 20 points. And this is where I'm getting to the Watson comparison. I don't want to see 20 points from my quarterback on my bench when it's somebody at that level to be like, I can't believe I benched my stud and he went off of my bench. So in that scenario with Aaron Rodgers, do you think that's a similar situation to why you have Watson where you do?
1: I just look at the trend outside of Lamar Jackson, like baseline quarterbacks against the Patriots this year, I think are scoring nine points fewer than their weekly average against the Patriots. Right. Like that's not good. That's
2: concerning. Yeah. No, it's not. But you can say similar for the 49ers.
1: And maybe he can do it on the ground and maybe he can recoup his value that way, but I don't know. It seems, I don't know where the ceiling is with it. I think it's substantially lower than it would be in a normal week. So like him going off against the Patriots is probably going to be like 20 points max. And that's not great. Well, And
2: that's the thing is you could argue and say that, you know, to go back to the 49ers thing, Russell Wilson had a good game, but it was like QB 10 or something like that. It was a decent game. Colin Murray threw for two touchdowns, but one of those times he didn't even throw for 200 yards. So to your point, and that's why I bring it up. I think that's kind of a similar boat conversation, is even, and it's even worse because it's the Patriots.
1: Uh, let's, we'll wait and see who we'd start over to Sean Watson we get to <laughs> quarterbacks. Let's talk about receivers first. Right now, likely in, I have Sean because, eh, why not? Golden Tate... <sighs> Tyreek Hill, <laughs> Adam Thielen, and T.Y. Hilton are all tentatively in. They're in the rankings, likely out. Uh, and again, people, this can change. Julio Jones, Auden Tate, Deshaun Jackson, Mohamed Sanu, Philip Dorsett, Nelson Aguilar, Juju, A.J. Green, Paul Richardson, Jakeem Grant, Gilbert <gasps> Wilson, Paris Campbell, Devin Funches, actually out, Deshaun Jackson, and Hunter Renfro, who has broken ribs and a punctured lung. Doubt he's going to play this week, but... Uh, a lot of people. Uh the first thing I got, like when I, I tweeted this out, be like, you don't think that Julio is going to play? Like, well, he's not practicing. Like, what do you want me to tell you? Like, do you think that Julio no. plays? I don't think he is.
2: Uh let's see. Let's see. It was so he's banged up during the box. Came and... came
1: back at the end, but was basically a decoy out there. I don't know why they brought yeah. him back in. Then there was like no report whatsoever for That's what... his like updates, and now he just did, wasn't at practice today
2: is and that's the thing to go back to your Devonte Freeman if Devonte Freeman's practicing and Julio Jones isn't that kind of you know and of course Julio Jones is a type that doesn't need to practice one and two if he doesn't practice and he's active for that game you just play Julio Jones and uh, you look go back to TY Hilton like you just take it on the chin sometimes and this is not the same I don't in my opinion it's not the same as the conversation we're having about the Sean Watson Aaron Rodgers it's the, hey, look, if T.Y. Hilton or Julio Jones are out there, you have to play them unless you're just deep at wide receiver because, yes, there's a chance they're a decoy, but we've seen a lot of times before where wide receivers or even running backs haven't been decoys when they've been active. So I, I lean towards your side of it and the fact that I don't think he plays, but if he does, like I said, I don't even need a practice for Julio Jones. If he plays, I'm going to play him even if it results
1: in a zero. I can see that. We Davis and I talked about this on the Thanksgiving show um, as it pertains to your DraftKings lineups, that he's a nice late swap. If he is active, you might take a zero, but if you're behind, you have Michael Thomas in. Everyone else is going to own Michael Thomas that you might, right. just ha- you might just have to pivot onto Julio if- and pray that he has the big game. I wouldn't expect Marshawn Lattimore to play in this game either. If he missed last week, it's doubtful that with a hamstring problem, he's going to turn around and play on Thursday night.
2: Yeah. That's, that's definitely a concern. Here's the, another one. Let's continue with this Thursday. Who's Amari Cooper's been banged up. He's not going to be a hundred percent. And he gets Tredavious white this week.
1: Yeah. I don't love it. Don't like it at all, but no, he's going to play at least.
2: I know, but that I bring him up for the fact of he's still like, I kind of feel better about Cortland Sutton at this point on the flip side of that other I mean, honestly with John Brown, it, like, Bad matchup last week, produces again. I got to feel like, you know, I, I hate to put Cooper that low, but he's coming off a of goose egg. You got some wide receivers behind him that are just seeing the volume and the opportunity. I, I almost said Mitch Trubisky going to Allen Robinson, but Allen Robinson's got Derrick Slay. It all, he did well last week. Uh, I think that's where I would cut is in that range, but I would move Cooper back a few spots
1: okay so let's get to the actual rankings michael thomas is number one tyreek hill is number two he's also dealing with a hamstring problem He might not play but if he's gonna play then i would have him at number two against oakland devontae adams dj chark against tampa evans and godwin if you could tell me which one would have the good week i'd rank them at number one and rank the other guy at like 40 but i have no idea so they're at five and six dj Moore, ty hilton even with the calf problem we'll see his status throughout the week lockett i assume he rebounds here it's not like he was not doing things in that game he was just the Phillies. He just took him out. Edelman at number ten against Houston. Stephen Diggs, Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry, Calvin Ridley. That's with no Julio. Adam Thielen returning from a hamstring problem. Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins, Amari Cooper, Odell, Cortland Sutton, Allen Robinson, John Brown. So what you're saying is you would move John Brown one spot ahead of Allen Robinson and move Amari Cooper behind John Brown?
2: Yes. All right. Exactly.
1: So you're the you're the expert ranker. I'll go with you. I'll I'll adjust my rankings to to reflect that. How about that?
2: I appreciate that. And I forget where I am on the year. I know you're inside I the top 10.
1: You. You're inside the top 10 overall.
2: Well, I'm inside the top 10 overall. I was wondering by position. That's what I was. I mean, I was that's what I was going to check. I'll let right. you know. I'll pull it up and let you know. And then yeah, you, you can you, judge whether or not you judge. You can judge whether you believe me. I'm 15 at wide receiver, six at running back and five at quarterback.
1: Okay. That's pretty good.
2: It is at three a defense. I told you our combined defenses. were up to three.
1: Yeah, I'm taking credit for that. I'm just gonna call myself best defensive ranker <laughs> of all time. I'm retired. I said,
2: well, it might be. I mean, you might be one if I wasn't combining yours and mine.
1: <laughs> might be true. I, I do it like, when you mentioned Tampa Bay as a team to like potentially take a shot on. That does sound like a defense I would have ranked inside the top ten randomly
2: see there you go
1: yeah who's pay, who's facing pass volume <laughs> roll them out
2: um by the way, the, the number one person in defense walter chure churets whatever his name is from, from he's 129th what? overall but number one in defense
1: uh, from walterfootball.com
2: yeah yeah great. he's good at, he's good at tight ends too
1: great site by the way
2: yes well, especially you're, if you like draft stuff
1: yeah, yeah like if you're prepping for the draft that's where you want to be would you go digs over thielen knowing thielen's coming back
2: I want to see practice reports first. He's playing. Uh, Come on, he is. But all right. So here's the thing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Seattle doesn't get a lot of quarterback pressure.
1: They do not get. They do not get a lot of quarterback pressure. That's a
2: Thieling game. That's a Thieling game, not a Diggs game. We figured out the Diggs thing earlier this year. Is when you get quarterback pressure, Cousins has to think quickly. The person who gets open quicker and the person he turns to quicker is Diggs. When he has time to think and let players develop, it's an Adam Thielen game. So this would point to an Adam Thielen game. Although, if Seattle both can hit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have them both ranked inside my top 20. I think they're both good plays this week.
2: Yeah, I would go Thielen over Diggs, though, for that reason.
1: Okay. I'm going to keep Diggs above Thielen. I like the big play threat of Stefan Diggs more. But if one of them's going to catch a hey, Number
2: 15, you're going to question my number 15?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, are you good with Landry over Beckham? Yeah, well, I, he has been. Yeah, so it's kind of like how can it not be. Uh, so twenty-one, or let's see, we have Cortland Sutton. He's twenty. He's now nineteen. I moved him ahead of <laughs> one spot behind Beckham. Then Allen, yeah. Then Allen Robinson at number twenty-one. John Brown has moved up. Then Devontae Parker, Kenny Galladay, Jamison Crowder. Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup, Tyrell Williams, D.K. Metcalf, and Emmanuel Sanders. Andy Dalton's back, which is great news for Tyler Boyd. Uh, just not having Ryan Finley is great news for everyone on Cincinnati. But do you think A.J. Green comes back?
2: It's like we made the jokes that now he'll be willing to come back. He might uh, I be. Still, I Look, if he's not out there today, this being Tuesday, I don't think we have their practice reports yet. If he's not out there today, I would lean towards no. Because we're all joking and speculating about the same thing. And the fact that he's actually probably ready to play again, he just doesn't want to. And I don't blame him for not wanting. Heck, I did a podcast with D'Angelo Williams, former player, who said, I don't blame him either. Like, why would you want to? Like, you're Just thinking about the longevity of your career, come back to this team. And maybe this triggers him to coming back, like triggered in the good way. But I want to go back real quick to Tyler Boyd. And it's not so much better for Tyler Boyd. I wrote him up this week in the waiver column is Auden Tate. So if you go back to the games that they played together since week three, when Auden Tate became a starter and you go from Andy Dalton until he got benched and for Ryan Finley, those games, their numbers are almost identical. Here's the thing though. Auden Tate between 7.8 or so somewhere around there and 13 points a game every single week. But Tyler Boyd was like 25, 18, 2, seven like so it could be a huge game but Tyler T- Auden Tate's actually the safer and the better overall play for consistency.
1: Okay, so let's pretend like AJ Green is not going to play. Uh I I would rather gamble on the upside of Tyler yeah. Boyd in the spot. Where would you rank Auden Tate then in the wide receiver rankings? I I left him out for you to put him into the rankings.
2: <laughs> I'd actually I'd play him right between DD and Curtis Samuel. I think Kurt, Curtis Samuel I said, this is another one that I said in my columns. Like, I don't, the people that I'm dropping now at this point of the season are like, we're to the point where like you're dropping Corey Davis and like names like that, where it's like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing it. If you have to, like, if I had the choice to go pick up Bo Scarborough or Betty Snell and drop Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel is droppable, in my opinion. Outside of his touchdown games, he's been almost worthless because he doesn't catch any more than five and then only had one last week. Curtis Samuel's been really bad this year, actually.
1: Yeah, and DJ Moore has been like the most targeted receiver in the league over the past three weeks. That, that's where Kyle Allen is going with the ball, if it's not McCaffrey.
2: Oh, 100%. So yeah, I would play D.D. in front of Auden Tate, but I would play Tate in front of Samuel, in front of Miller, just because I don't trust if it's ever going to be a Miller or a Gabriel game, although Miller's starting to look like he's getting back in the mix. And then you're just going down from there with your Hearns, Cobb, and Alex Erickson and stuff like
1: that. Yeah, so I'm going to leave A.J. Green out of the rankings for the moment, but let's say in a weird world, he is active on Sunday against the Jets. I'd play him.
2: Oh, I would play him too. And I would actually, you know what? I'd move Tyler Boyd up in front of Jamison Crowder, just one spot, but I'd move him up a spot. He's better when AJ Green is out there. He can't handle number. Basically this is something we've talked about before too. You go back to a couple of years ago with Randall Cobb doing it for his team rookies this year. I mean, look at what happened most recently. Um, with who is the one Zach Paschal when wide receivers are asked to be number ones and they're not equipped or handled or talented enough to be number ones Tyler Boyd is a perfect example we knew the numbers going into the season and they bore true when no AJ Green on the field he struggles and when not he's amazing so I would actually move Tyler Boyd up a spot maybe even two or three if AJ Green plays
1: do you think I should swap Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup or is that a bit too bit too fancy in the rankings
2: I think that's a, eh, a little bit too fancy just because I'm just going to go with Cooper as much as I don't, I'm not, he's almost in worse place for me. Like the other players are for you, but for what he's done this year, I know he's coming off the zero, but similar to, and it was garbage time, but for Cooper cup, he, he still produced last week or last night. Uh, I'd still go with Mari Cooper.
1: Okay. So DK Metcalf, Manny Sanders, Russell Gage would come up next. That is without Julio Jones, Alshon, Jeffrey, golden Tate, Christian Kirk, Robert Woods, Scorin McLaurin, Debo, Will Fuller in a horrible matchup, Cole Beasley, Mervin Jones. Like, yeah, th- th- these options aren't too trustworthy.
2: No, and this is what you're, and this is kind of the range similar to what you just said about Tyler Boyd is once I get into this range, I'm definitely going upside over floor, especially if you're trying to get into the playoffs or whatever it may be. You know, what's the, it's kind of the argument that you is no, know, you know I have, like the Frank Gores of the world, or go back to, like, who else? Like, James Jones and people like that. It's like, what, what's six points going to do for you? Like, you want to win your matchup, you want to win your game, you want to make a difference, just shoot for
1: the upside. Uh, any sleepers you can think of this week? Like, let's say Golden Tate sits, and that pushes Sterling Shepard into the slot, have Slayton back on the outside. It is against the Packers, but would I substantially move up Shepard or Slayton, do you think?
2: I'd move both of them up. I would and move both of them up I'll too, like, but I
1: think one of them would become like a t- ish top 25 play.
2: I, I think, I I think both of them might be. Hmm. And if you're going by the use, I mean, they're almost I think giants. Kind of, did I say it to you? I forget, I said it to some, I do too many damn shows. So the giants offense is basically turned into the Rams. Just, well, I was going to say to a lesser degree, but it might be better right now because <laughs> of Jared Goff and the way that he's playing, but the three wide heavy, and that it's a very focused three wide and that you're not getting the fourth wide receiver involved a whole, a whole lot. You're not getting the tight ends involved a whole lot. It's a very focused three wide. The running back isn't involved as much as it used to be with Todd Grilly. and As you mentioned, Saquon Barkley's not even getting passing game work. So that focused work is why I'd move both of them up. I would go shepherd slightly over, uh, uh, uh Uh, Slayton, because as you mentioned, if he drops down into the slot, that's another one. We knew numbers going into this season. He's been remarkably better in the slot than he has been outside. So getting that work in there would help things too. Uh, My three sleepers here sneak preview of my rankings article this week. And one of them is a high sleeper, but he's coming off a little bit of a disappointment. So people, this is why I kind of throw a higher sleeper out there for people. DK Metcalf Auden Tate. And I can't believe I'm putting him in there and I'm putting him in there just because I refused to play him last week, but I'm putting Robbie Anderson in there.
1: Oh, Robbie Anderson stinks. Don't worry about him. I hope people play He it.
2: deserves to be in worse place.
1: He really does. I would say I, I do like Anthony Miller more than Taylor Gabriel this week. The snapshares have yes. gone up each of the past three weeks. I like this matchup with the Lions, especially if Slay can somewhat limit Allen Robinson. They might have to turn to a different direction. No Trey Burton, no Shaheen. Like, they're, they're just down so many players right now. If they get behind, they're going to have to throw. I do think if A.J. Green sits, Alex Erickson is somewhat viable in this spot. If you need to pick up and play, the Jets passed even. It's brutal that he may be someone that you can turn to in this spot. And once again, Alan Hearns, Alan Hearns is like, there's no Jakeem Grant. There's no Preston Williams. There's no Albert Wilson, potentially as well. They have like three guys that you can pass to and he's one of them. So why not?
2: And well, the thing is, it's kind of like laughed at the contract when they gave him the extension. But as you mentioned, he's getting the uses essentially there, especially with no Jakeem Grant, who was banged up in that game on top of it. The snaps are there and the uses there. I know it's not appealing to ever go after anybody in the Dolphins besides Devontae Parker, but he's starting to be relevant again. And he's got that big playability when he's healthy.
1: Yeah. And if he's like the legit, the only guy standing there, I mean, they're probably going to be down by a bunch and passing a lot like last week. It might take till the fourth quarter, but he'll get there.
2: He'll he'll make it happen. Especially look, Hey, it's the, I will say one thing though, the Eagles, we, this is another one. We joked about it, about the return of Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby. They've been good. This, this defense, yeah, their past defense has been sh- shutting people, not shutting people, they're shutting down weak quarterbacks and been playing really well against better quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, surprising. Quarterbacks, let's talk about them. Uh, we already <laughs> talked about Deshaun Watson just a little bit. Deshaun
2: <laughs> <minute. Sean> Watson!
1: <laughs> I have Mahomes at one, Lamar at two, Wilson, Jameis, Kyler, one, two, three, four, five. Then I go Cousins, Breeze, Prescott, Josh Allen, Matt Ryan in the top 10, Tannehill at 11, Fools, Darnold, Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, Driscoll. Dalton, Deshaun Watson, number 18. I'm taking a stand. Like, I don't want to play him this week.
2: <laughs> I like that. You're not even just taking a stand and not having him inside the top 10. You have him way down at 18. I'm not going. I, I understand what you're doing, but I'm not going that far, especially if Jeff Driscoll banged up.
1: Jeff Driscoll's great. Don't worry about Jeff Driscoll. Uh, he's playing the Bears, too. That's that's fine. You can score against the Bears. It's okay.
2: And Carson Wentz. I, I, there's no way I'm starting Carson Wentz anymore.
1: And he's playing Miami. Come on.
2: I don't care. I, there's no, I, I would not. Deshaun Watson, I would definitely play over Carson Wentz. And that's not even a question for me.
1: I'll bet you Carson Wentz scores more points.
2: Uh, sure, because I don't even remember what our last bets are because <laughs> we have to follow I, up on them.
1: I, I, I have them written down somewhere in this office. I, I'll go find them at the end of the year. Maybe we'll go over them. Over... <laughs>
2: what kind of a recap, see who owes who a loogie? Yeah, basically.
1: I mean, it, it, it's a loony, not a loogie.
2: I know. I corrected myself. <laughs>
1: um yeah i listen driscoll gives you a free touchdown on the ground every single week and maybe even i don't know
2: that he does it this week i don't know that he does it against the bears
1: come on man just quit thinking this is the bears from last year
2: i'm not i'm just this still respectable defense and he's banged up that's my bigger concern honestly is that he's not 100
1: (sighs) i'm not too concerned about jeff driscoll i think he's great maybe the best quarterback in football (laughs)
2: well I'm concerned about Barkley doing diarrhea so I'm gonna give her a chip real quick so you talk about your next rankings and I I can still hear you
1: (laughs) yeah you can still hear me I mean listen you know who you're starting at quarterback at this time players like when I separated the tiers in my waiver wire column uh, because I added Andy Dalton into them I think there's three that you can pick up and stream pretty for at least a floor plus an upside game as opposed to playing someone like Deshaun Watson in a bad spot listen if you want to play Deshaun Watson because he's your guy he's the reason that you're winning go for it like it's not my team what do I fucking care but I think that you can get Tannehill Foles and Darnold off your waiver wire and I think they're all in substantially better matchups they have higher upside and they probably have a higher floor in this spot as well like Driscoll sure Wentz sure uh Andy Dalton sure you you want to you don't feel good about those guys and want to play Deshaun Watson I get that but I think those other three that I mentioned Tannehill Foles and Darnold are just in substantially better spots that that's the way you want to go
2: are we really doing the Tannehill thing? I just,
1: Hey, if Lamar Jackson didn't exist, he'd be the number one scoring fantasy quarterback over the past three weeks. This is a lot like last year when people didn't want to play Dak and Josh Allen down the stretch and they won everyone who played them (laughs) leagues. Like eventually you just have to start going with it. like this guy's going to score points every week. Let's go.
2: We do again. And and, Hey, look, I was wrong for the Garoppolo call. I still, again, this goes back to, I just can't bench Deshaun Watson for either of those guys.
1: All right, I'll take them both over Deshaun Watson this week as well.
2: So now you're doubling down. Now I get the bad side of the deal here.
1: It's on the bad side Can of I, the deal. I'll take Wentz versus Deshaun. I'll take Foles versus Deshaun. Tannehill versus Deshaun. I'll take them all versus Deshaun.
2: So all right. So I'll take. No, I don't like. I don't like the Foles being involved with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Not, not that way. So you take Tannehill and Wentz versus Deshaun, and I'll even throw in Deshaun and. Daniel Jones. How about that?
1: <laughs> why, do, why? Why Daniel Jones? It's just Wentz over to Sean Tannehill over to Sean.
2: No, because I want to get, I want to go two against two and I just want to throw in somebody crappy. Like I want a crappy tag team
1: partner. <laughs> no, I, they're just two separate bets. Wentz. We like, we could push this one. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll even throw you a bone. So we won't push then unless they score exactly the same points. I'll even take Dalton against Deshaun.
2: No way. that's actually that's 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 a decent one that's a toss-up for me
1: okay okay then i'll take driscoll against deshaun
2: no i'll give i'll give you where do you have deshaun uh yeah okay fine driscoll
1: fine this is this is the problem with deshaun this week this is the pensive nature that people should have that (laughs) i offer you driscoll and you're not immediately like yep let's go
2: (laughs) i know but this is why i'm look i'm agreeing with you Similar to the person who asked the question and asked Garoppolo versus Rodgers, these things can happen. I just, for me personally, I just, I would rather regret benching Rodgers for Garoppolo than to regret seeing Rodgers or Deshaun Watson or Tom Brady. Well, not Tom Brady now, but from years ago, put up 25 points on my bench.
1: Oh, there's a pedant on the internet apparently there was a matchup error in one of the rankings boards so you know since we do these so we can get the show live and up and going you know every now and then there's gonna be a typo or two if anyone ever tweets that at me you get immediately muted i don't need to hear from you <laughs> fucking pedants out there for sure uh tight ends <laughs> what get
2: like banned for life
1: oh yeah you, you do get banned for life absolutely <laughs> um tight ends this week uh I have no one as likely in as likely out I have Austin Hooper Luke Wilson who's that guy yeah Delaney Walker Josh Oliver Evan Ingram Rhett Ellison and David Njoku Eric Ebron has been placed on injured reserve so has Ed Dixon so they're not playing that leaves Travis Kelsey number one George Kittle number two Zach Ertz, number three. Hunter Henry, number four. Mark Andrews, then Jack Doyle. Fantasy Pros has kindly ranked Jared Cook at number seven. Griffin, Waller, and Olsen. I think those top six are pretty solid.
2: Yeah, I would say that's where we're at now.
1: Yeah. Like, I think that the... I mean, there's nothing else I have
2: to say. Like, that's where we're at. It's like, we have a lock-in, like, you just play those guys and don't think too much about it.
1: All right, so if you don't have one of those six guys, is there anyone in particular that you do? Like, are you a Caden Smith man?
2: So it's funny. I go back to it's a, little, a lot of sneak preview behind the curtain. It's week 13 is Thanksgiving. I'm feeling generous. So in my sleeper section, I put Evan Ingram slash Rhett Ellison slash Caden Smith. Cause it's whoever plays because now I even tweeted this one out. It's been a gauntlet like this, the tight ends they faced in this matchup so far over the past five games, Kittle, Olsen, Henry, Kelsey, Darren Waller, and Foster Moreau. But Including Greg Olson and Foster Moreau, which aren't the gauntlets of like those other ones, and Darren Waller hasn't been playing as well as he used to be. But in any case, what they've been giving up average-wise is basically tight end number two overall performance. There's, like it's 80 yards, it's almost a touchdown. It's I think it was like 7.2 receptions. It's ridiculous. So just attack the matchup here. And one of those three tight ends, obviously Ingram would be in the top five. Rhett Ellison would probably be knocking on the tight end one door just because he plays so much. So if both of those are out, Caden Smith, yes, is a sleeper, but he's not – I think where you have him is a fair spot. I wouldn't put him inside the tight end one
1: conversation yet. Uh, so the rest of the guys that I think you can feasibly play, Davis and I broke this down on the Thanksgiving DraftKings show that kind of in on my guy, Jaden Graham. Uh, if he's just going to run routes against the Saints and there's no Julio Jones, like they got to pass to someone.
2: Yeah, that's a lot of ifs, but yeah, I think if, 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 then yes.
1: Well, there's not an if, if, if Julio doesn't play. I think that you can stream him in no problem.
2: Well, I was thinking also, if no, Devontae Freeman. Yeah, I don't like, I I, I, I don't care if Devontae Freeman's, Freeman's there. there or not. I do.
1: I don't, I do not. Like they're going to have a running I back. Do. They're they're going to have a running back on the field regardless.
2: No, but they're not going to have a running back that gets that involved in the passing game. You're, Kajay Olsen, no. Uh, we've seen Brian Hill. Just been abysmal with it, and then we just don't have enough snaps for Kenyon Barner. I legitimately do concern myself. You go from three options to four, in my opinion. Is you have Devontae Freeman on the field, it'd be like plugging in James White and James White not being involved for the Patriots.
1: I don't think he's that involved as James White. Basically, Kareem Hunt is like the the rich man's James White this season. <laughs>
2: he's the balling what are you talking about he's like the super rich he's out in on hollywood boulevard rich
1: yeah but like everything that you expected if you drafted james white and like what his upside could be that's what kareem hunt does now
2: is james white one of the more disappointing performances from last week that nobody's talking about
1: i guess i didn't realize why everyone was so high on james white last week
2: Uh, no wide receivers no wide receivers but it was
1: but it was a game where they were still favored by more than five points that just screamed sony michelle game
2: uh it did but at the same time you would just I think a lot of people were assuming that even with that it would be one where James White could stay involved period
1: Could if they I mean the game was close if they had been behind potentially but they ran a lot of two tight end sets although Watson got nothing he was on the field a bunch and so was Matt Lacoste that they eventually you right. limit the amount of times that James White can be on the field
2: but even so you weren't expecting it to be that bad
1: no I wasn't expecting it to be that bad I didn't expect Todd Gurley despite the tough matchup to be as bad as he was Apologies for the technical difficulties we just experienced. We lost Jake from the line. I'm going to keep on rolling here for the rest of the show. Uh, The only last point I had about tight ends was the Rams are playing the Cardinals. On Monday night, we saw an uptick in snaps from Tyler Higby over Gerald Everett. And we saw like a lot of little dump downs to him. I don't know if that was game flow related, pass protection related, but I would still prefer Gerald Everett. If you're looking for the flow chart, tight end against the Cardinals at defenses. The rankings themselves, I have New England at number one, Philly, the Saints, Carolina, and the Rams, one, two, three, four, five. Then the Steelers, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Niners, and Chargers. After that, I have Jacksonville, the Bears, Cleveland, Green Bay, the Jets, Detroit, Dallas, Denver, Arizona, Indy, Atlanta, and Cincinnati. Might as well just rank them all this week with no teams on a bye. Realistically, Philly's the team out there if you need to stream a defense they are Available in more than like 70% of leagues coming off play in Seattle, and they have a great matchup throughout the playoffs in fantasy. As Jake pointed out earlier, that's the defense that you want to go get. Carolina, if they're available, they have two of four good matchups towards the end of the season. And Kansas City, uh, three of four good matchups for the rest of the season. So if you pick one of them up, you can play them this week, probably hold on to them if you're in dire straits for a defense. And that'll do it on the Pat Mayo experience. Remember to follow Jake on Twitter at All In Kid and follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The P.M.E. If you want to get into a draw for 60 DK dollars is an easy one to win. Even if you reviewed it last week, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Leave a five star review after you download the episodes that are up there. Uh, DraftKings handle and something you'll like about the show. And you'll be in that draw for 60 DK bucks. Winners will be announced live on the Pat Mayo experience Monday, 1 PM Eastern time on the DraftKings YouTube channel. If you're looking for the Pat Mayo experience open on DraftKings for the Sunday slate, it's in the description of the podcast as are the updated rankings at every single position. I'm Pat Mayo. Good luck in week 13. I'll see you next time.
0: Pat Mayo experience. Experience.